Very lovely to see you, and I'm sorry we're not going to be doing this for a little while. Um, while uh, I was eventually watching the announcement of the lockdown yesterday, uh, it just made me want to think about a few things um, and to say a few things first off. And, and as we head into a month where it's more difficult again about how we, how we do things and how we get about in our everyday lives as well as our life as church, just wanted to remind you that God is still the same. That he's still good, that he still loves you, that he's still entirely with you, that he is always active in your life, that he's always uh, ready to heal and to deliver and to bring peace to your hearts and steadiness to your minds. That's the first thing. The second thing is just to say that you're part of a church community and you're connected one with another, and whether you watch online or whether you appear in person today, you're part of the same community. And uh, we prefer to meet in person, obviously, and honestly, as we prefer to embrace one another physically as well as at a distance uh, or with our elbows. But uh, I just want to say you're part of the community and you have a part to play. And you have a part to play during lockdown as well as when we're not locked down. The third thing is just to say that God, in my experience, makes things available when things are difficult that you can't get hold of when things are easy. So really proving that God is trustworthy in trouble is only really possible when you're in trouble, for instance. So there's a number of things that God makes available in greater difficulty, and I would really want to encourage you to look for those things over these next few weeks. Um, because uh, we'll have enough difficulty and we'll have enough trouble, but God is still the same, and he makes things available in difficulty, uh, which you can't get when things are going really well. Um, and the last thing I just want to say in particular about going into lockdown uh, is that the key, I think, to finding what God is bringing you over this next month is to position yourself so that uh, you are... You are ready to grow in God, that you, you anticipate growing stronger in God over the next month than growing weaker. Because that's God's intention for you. God wants to bring things to you when things are difficult. Uh, and uh, his intention for you is that you become a stronger disciple, that you're more filled with joy and love in the middle of trouble. And uh, I want to just say a few words this evening about how that happens how we grow stronger, how we become more like Jesus. And we need to just set ourselves for a good month. A friend of mine uh, who I used to know really well a long time ago, I remember he told me that he, he, he invented some particular starting blocks for runners so that they were things that they locked themselves into before they uh, got going on the race. And I kind of feel that's where we are now, that we're just going to set ourselves so that we can anticipate and lay hold of all the things that God will reveal during this time. So, here's the main stuff that I wanted to say. I want to ask you two questions. First of all, humanly speaking, what's the main reason people become Christians? You could kind of mutter the answer in your masks. What's, what's, the, what's the main reason? I would say other Christians. Certainly that was true in my case. I came across some people who uh, were my own age as a teenager, and I saw something in them that I liked, that I, that I didn't really know what it was, but it was amazing. I said, what's different about you? They said, Jesus. And I was thinking, 
I know of Jesus, but I've never really experienced him in the way that you have, and so this is, this is what I need. So the main reason people become Christians is Christians. Now, the second question is, what's the main reason people avoid Christianity? You, you, uh, a few of you are saying, sounds very similar answer. So the truth is that many people avoid Christianity because of Christians, or maybe sometimes what they perceive Christians doing. Mahatma Gandhi, a long time ago, said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And so uh, that, that's something that pervades in society, isn't it? So there's a question that hangs in the air about Christians, people who become Christians, and how they become more like Jesus, so that they're not, in Gandhi's words, unlike your Christ. And the question is really, is it possible to become more like Jesus in his character? Is it possible? How does it happen? How do we get going? What happens when we get stuck? And what are we really aiming at? Are we, uh, how are we trying to become more like Jesus in his character? Are we trying to become more joyful or peaceful and so on? So there's a lot of questions around it. And when you become a Christian, you're responding to God's initiative. So uh, I don't know what your story is particularly, or actually I do know some of your stories, but you've, you've, you, maybe you hear the call of God. He intervenes in your life in some way. He calls your name. Maybe you experienced his presence. Maybe you experienced a healing. He, he broke in on your life at some point. And then you respond to him. You repent of your sins. You give your life to God. You invite him into your life. You, the Holy Spirit comes and makes his home in your life, and things start to change. You're born again on the inside. You're born from above, as Jesus says as well. And so uh, I want to show you a photo of a time when just before I became a Christian, I looked a bit like this. Now, I'm not sure which is worse, the hair, the hat, the shirt, the guitar. But anyway, I needed saving at that point. And uh, so that was just a little bit of time before I became a Christian. Now, I want to show you a photograph of me, uh, what I tended to look like after I became a Christian. And really, I look very much the same. Now, the truth is that when we become a Christian, the change happens initially on the inside, that you're born again, you're born from above, you have new life that explodes within you, that, uh, that kind of breaks free and makes its home inside you. New life has begun. And although uh, becoming a Christian can be something of a process, at some point I move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the Son that He loves, as it's put in the Bible. And I joined a new community, the church. I, I started to engage in some new habits like reading of Scripture and fasting. I, in fact, I, I fasted every week uh, as soon as I became a Christian, age 15 because I'd heard that's what Christians did. And I started to learn from other Christians who'd been Christians for longer and for, from teachers in the church. And then as time passed, I began to make changes on the outside as well in the way that I lived. And I started doing counterintuitive things. And so Christians do counterintuitive things as the Holy Spirit takes hold of them and as they decide to live differently. Things like loving your enemies or forgiving people who hurt you or giving away money 
or just having sex with one person who you're married to, or stopping lying, or healing the sick, or casting out demons. Really, these things, most of these things are pretty impossible, and so God sends His Spirit to you so that you're able to have supernatural power, the means by which you can accomplish these things, these counterintuitive things. And over a bit of time, what happens is, as Dallas Willard wrote, he said, you start to live your life as Jesus would do if he were you. You start to live your life as Jesus would do if he were you. So you can see that in Claire's story, can't you? That she's starting to really live her life as Jesus would do if he were her. She's, you know, it's not Jesus has lived his own life, but it's how she would live her life if Jesus were her. And what happens is, as these things start to happen on the outside, as well as being born again on the inside, is it starts to differentiate you from other people around. So from your colleagues or from your family, because you start to live differently, and you start to have power to do things that you couldn't do before. And St. Paul understood this really well. And St. Paul understood transformation in the power of the Spirit so well because he had gone from being, frankly, a leader of a death squad leading Christians to their death to being the main leader in, in the whole world. He'd gone from one to the other. That's a pretty extraordinary, radical transformation. And so when he writes about it, it's good for us to listen because he, he knows what he's talking about from the inside out. And you can see in all his letters, he's talking about being transformed to become more like Jesus in his character. Um, So if you read Ephesians, Ephesians 4, he starts talking to people who, he says, you know, you've been lying, so stop lying. When you get angry and you do bad things, stop doing that. Those of you who are thieves, you need to stop stealing. Because he's saying, that's what you were. Now uh, you've been um, born again and uh, things start to change, and I'm also teaching you to change, and I'm showing you a better way to live. That's what you were, but this is who you are. And Paul is constantly calling Christians to live and act according to the new life that's been placed within you. And he's looking for a kind of integrity between what's gone on inside by the power of the Spirit and what goes on outside for us in cooperation with the power of the Spirit through our actions and through our lifestyle. So, I'm just going to uh, ask Sue Wilson, well, I, I know Sue Wilson's going to do a reading because I actually filmed her. Um, so, she's, she's going to read a little bit of Colossians 3. It's another one of Paul's letters where he really starts to speak about the process of transformation, how we become more like Jesus. So, let's hear Sue and then I'll just make one or two more comments. Hello, this is the reading today. It's from Colossians 3, 1 to 17. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, 
rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of uh, in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish each other with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And this is the word of the Lord. Julian, such a supportive husband. Splendid. So, uh, I don't know what you, what you uh, particularly picked up from that reading, but I just want to uh, just say a couple of things. So, Paul starts off by saying two, uh, two things. Set your mind on things above and set your heart on things above. Now, things above literally means, I suppose, the greater reality of the kingdom of God, that God is amongst us, that his resources are with us, and uh, we set our minds on Jesus, who, who is the goal of who we want to become. So the more that we set our minds on those things and we set our hearts, our affections on Jesus, the more we're going to um, receive from him, the more we're going to, that's the reality from which we're going to operate. Because we live, and particularly this year, 2020, we live in a lot of mess. And so to keep our minds and our hearts set on Christ, who is full of joy and peace and love and goodness and faithfulness and all the, all the things that we want to grow in, then that's where we're going to head if we set our hearts and our minds, our affections on that. So that's where he starts. And then he really hits a metaphor, in particular a metaphor, and you'll see why I've uh, gone in for a costume change during this, uh, this particular talk. Because he talks about taking off certain things and putting on other things, like a coat. So he says, uh, he talks about taking off all the things that really belong to your previous life, belong to the ways in which people used to live. As he said to the Ephesians, this is what you were, but now you're this. And so he says, you've been changed on the inside, and the process of becoming more like Jesus is something that you do. Now, you do it in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, uh, but it's not going to be done to you, and God's not going to zap you and just make you a better person. It's a cooperation. And so he says, here are the things that you and I need to do. And so he says, take off. You'll be pleased to hear, I'm only going to take my coat off. But he says, take off sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, uh, desires, greed, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. Those are just some of the things that he lists in that passage. 
And elsewhere, he talks, well, in the same passage, he talks about putting these things to death. So he says, literally, take that off. Get rid of those things. Now, he doesn't say how, and I'll come on to that in a second. But then he says, put on other things. So these are putting on things from the heavenly realm. These are putting on things that are characteristics of Jesus. So he says, put on love. Put on kindness. Put on humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness and thankfulness. So you, and he literally says in that passage, clothe yourselves in these things. So he must think it is possible for you and I to do this stuff, to take off the old stuff and put on the new stuff. He must think it's possible. And he must think it's possible from his experience. And if, as you know his story, he's gone from some, from being absolutely adversarial to the people of God, to being their leader, and to being someone who's thoroughly transformed, he knows what he's talking about. And so, how this happens, I want to suggest to you is this. And there are four things. The first is the power of the Spirit. You need the Spirit because He is the one who changes you from the inside out. Secondly, you need good habits. You need uh, to do things that are regular actions, and as you do them, God will do his stuff in you. So they will be simple things like reading scripture and prayer and solitude and fasting and celebration and worship and thankfulness, but just doing them regularly, doing what you can do so God does in you what you can't do for yourself. Power of the Spirit, good habits. The third thing is taking responsibility for your everyday life. And this is going to be really important over the next month because it may be that your everyday life uh, becomes somewhat reduced. And it may be that you need some real patterns in your life uh, which will open you up to the grace of God. But taking seriously that if you are stuck at home for much of this next month, that is where God is going to transform you. In the boredom. In, in the choices that you make, that's the place. That's the arena of spiritual transformation. If you are going to work or going to the shop or um, taking your daily exercise or whatever it might be, those are the places where God's transformation happens. Not a lot of transformation happens in churchy time. Most of it happens everywhere else. So it's just really good to see uh, wherever you are every day, as the place where God will come and bring you transformation. The last thing is it's good to be encouraging one another to do this. And we don't get to do this on our own. Even if we are on our own, thankfully these days we have technology, and although we're absolutely had enough of Zoom, um, you know, from time to time going on Zoom, you can overcome that in order to uh, receive something from other people, some encouragement, some prayer. Uh, like for more Mondays tomorrow, whatever it might be. So these four things go together. Power of the Spirit, good habits, taking responsibility for everyday life, and encouraging one another. And those four things will lead you into transformation. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. If you, if you engage in those four things, you will become more like Jesus. And that's what formations are built around. And I know many of you are in a formation group. And since planting ENC 16 years ago, we've, we've sought to do this stuff where in little groups, um, 
we've encouraged one another to receive the power of the Spirit, to take responsibility for our everyday lives, and to engage in good habits. And, uh, and people have grown. That is, that's what we're, we've been trying to do. It's manageable. It's one hour, a week or two. And it's usually been, uh, they've been single sex because it encourages kind of openness with one another. Now, we are rebooting these, as Sam said last week. And uh, these are being pushed. In some senses, there's a couple of forces working on this. One is obviously COVID and the lockdown. And what COVID and the lockdown is doing for church is decentralizing us so that stuff that happens around gatherings on Sunday and um, maybe, you know, all kinds of things that happen with the church office and the staff and that kind of thing, it's being decentralized from there. That's what God is doing. And, God, you know, God didn't send COVID, but he's using COVID and the lockdown. And he, he, I am absolutely certain he's going to use this next month to help us connect uh, in these smaller groups with one another. And uh, so I think it's a good thing. And the Holy Spirit is inviting us all to take responsibility for our own lives before God in a fresh way and calling us to follow Jesus, everyone, every day and everywhere. So that's one thing that's happening. And the second, the second force that's happening on formations, I would say, would be I tried to find a better word, but the word, I think, is bagginess. That over time, if you've been in formation over time, they become a little baggy. And, uh, and what happens is, is that instead of being uh, places of sort of robust transformation, they become hanging out with mates, which is good, uh, and, um, but that's all it is. And formations at their best are places of love and truth, both those things. And, uh, and, and when it just simply becomes a place of love, that's a good thing, but it's not all that it could be. And so uh, we are looking to see if we can refocus, reboot formations so they become places uh, where we're really pursuing transformation and becoming more like Jesus. So you could look back in a month and think, actually, yeah, I have changed in this particular way. And the two particular changes we're making uh, one is to content, and we're, we're going to uh, offer some new content, which I think is, uh, we've been road testing a little bit with some people, and they've found it extremely helpful. And the second thing is really asking formations to be, uh, to have one person at any time who is coordinating. Uh, and that's more than just getting, getting you all on the same Zoom at the same time or something like that, but it's really helping lead people through uh, the little bits of content, and uh, we'll be doing a bit of training on that. So, I want to just ask you as I finish, becoming more like Christ, is that your over, overarching goal in life? Because if you do need to intend that if you want it. So anything you really want to do, you need to intend to do it. And I would just offer that to you as the finest personal goal you could, anyone could have in their lives is to become more like Jesus Christ. If you look at Jesus Christ in the Gospels, if you know Jesus Christ in your life, you'll know that he is entirely good and extraordinary. And if I could become just, just a, few, um, a few moments more like him, uh, that would be an extraordinary 
uh, move on my part. So do you want to become more like Jesus in his character? If so, what St. Paul is saying in this letter and in all his letters is that it takes action on our part as well as action on the part of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's always ready to act, like I said at the beginning. The question is, are we? Are we ready to act in concert with him? Some, some of us know we've been saved by grace and that all that Jesus did for us on the cross. But the truth is we also live by grace. Grace is like a fuel, and we access the fuel from heaven uh, by taking action in uh, cooperation with the Holy Spirit. So I just want to encourage you, as Sam said last week, and uh, Sam uh, oversees formations. Uh, we're running some Zooms this week. Uh, where you can find out about the Formation Reboot. If you'd like to be involved in the formation and you aren't yet already, or you are in one already, uh, then I really encourage you to sign up for one of those because I think you'll find them uh, very uh, energizing as we have found it so as we've been getting going on these. So I want to pray together. So why don't we stand? Could we stand? Okay. All right, I'm going to say a prayer, and then we'll and then we'll just um, have a song together. But I was just thinking about my friend's starting blocks, and uh, I just would love us to position ourselves for the month ahead. And if you would like to do this with me, uh, I just want you to sort of, if you would, this is a sort of unusual prayer position, but just crouch slightly, as if you're ready to go. Um, because, because it's slightly weird, you'll remember it. Um, and uh, as if you're going you're gonna to press and push into the weeks that we have ahead of us. And they're really uncertain. They can be very distressing and difficult. But let's set ourselves just in a prayer and a song to really uh, walk with God. So, Father, we just want to offer ourselves to you, and we just say to you this evening, we set our minds on things above. We set our hearts, our affections on things above. And we want to throw off the old and put on the new. And we thank you that you are always bringing the new to us. You're always leading us into your goodness. And so today we just offer ourselves for this time ahead. In Jesus' name. My faith will stand.